Good evening, Randolph Street family. Thank you so very much for joining with us this evening. I'm sure you're glad to be at home rather out rather than out in this weather. Uh, Carlotta, thank you for coming and joining us this evening. Uh, Pastor Jason and I were speaking not long ago about what to do, some things that might be of interest and help to our church family, particularly in light of our membership series and series on the church. We thought it might be very interesting to interview some of our church members who have been with us. Each church member has a unique and wonderful story, uh, but some we felt like were stories that would be well told to our entire church family. And so we've asked Carlotta. She is our initial person. She seems absolutely thrilled to be here on camera. I asked her if the famous actress was here, and she wasn't so sure about that. Uh, but we do very much appreciate uh, your being with us this evening. Uh, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together in this way. Lord, I pray that as Carlotta shares the story of your grace in her life, the story of the love that you gave to her and her husband, the ministry that they had, I pray, Father, that it would be a blessing to our church family we might not only get to know her better, but to know how to better pray for her, how to better serve and minister to her. Father, that we might be able to recognize and rejoice with her the many uh, acts of your grace in her life. Father, it's been my joy to know both Carlotta and Craig, and I rejoice in that and give you praise for that. So Lord, I pray you would calm our nerves, allow us to be able to speak from the heart, allow the the words of our mind and our heart to be able to flow from our tongue in a way that they'd be easily understood. I pray, Lord, that you might use this for your honor and for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. In my prayer, I mentioned the things asking the Lord to do in our hearts this evening that we really would like to see accomplished through this. One is just simply to get to know people better, to get to know Carlotta better this evening. Secondly, to be able to know how to best serve her, how to best be able to best minister to her. You know, in our series, we've talked about how we are equipped to minister, how we're to serve and love one another and care for one another. And certainly, the first step to that is getting to know and understand people. And thirdly, it's been my privilege to know Carlotta and her husband, Craig, for these three to four years. And it's been a joy I know so many times, particularly in Craig, because he and I interacted quite often in those early days of your coming here, how much I admired him working through some of the challenges physically that he had, and uh, he was faithful, he always had a smile, he always had an evident love for Christ, loved to come together and pray with the men on Thursday mornings, which I know is no small challenge for him to be here, and so we rejoice in that. So I'm looking forward to this this evening. Don't be nervous. You'll do fine, I'm sure. I am. <laughs> First of all, I'd like for you just to take a few moments. You have such a wonderful family, and it's evidence of God's grace in your life and your parenting and moving your children toward the things of Christ. But tell us about your children, your grandchildren, where they live, and just a, a little update on that. I know I would find a refresher interesting. Okay. Well, we have three children. Um, two girls and <clears throat> a boy. <laughs> and I'll tell you about the boy in a minute. Our first girl is Jessica, and Jessica is here in Charleston. She married Andy Backus, and they have seven wonderful children. They're all named after presidents. Even their 10-year-old Jefferson, who got a dog for Christmas, his dog's name is Burr, which is Thomas was John, Thomas Jefferson's vice president. <laughs> so anyway, they're doing really well here and keep me busy and happy. So um, our second daughter, Rachel, married Robert Shashinsky, who is, well, a product of our ministry that we're gonna, I'm going to talk about later in Poland. He was saved at one of our camps when we were missionaries in Poland. And um, Robert and Rachel went to Cleveland area, Parma, to plan a church. And it's been very, very difficult. 
and at the moment God has put that on hold but it's it's good Robert had a hard time with it but God is showing them what they need to do they have four biological children um, and 16 14 10 and then my quivers full mom and then God said it was not and so they had Simeon and he's three but God has opened the door for them and uh, they received a call to ask if they would consider adopting three, a sibling family of three, which two months, three months later became a sibling family of sorts of four <laughs> because um, there was a a young boy who was two who had been with the older two since he was born and he needed out of the situation he was with in. So anyway they are looking to adopt and uh, it seems like the date is set for a month at least of April. We don't know what day but that has been a, um, a challenge and they are all very excited so I pray you know, want you to pray for them. Are the children they're adopting, are they international children? Are they here in the States? No, or? they're African-American children. Um, it, it, the three are. The one is African-American. He's biracial. Um, the youngest one is. And so they have a, they're from Cleveland area. Their mother is, has been in prison and everything, so it's kind of Neat the way the Lord is bringing everybody together. Okay. Well, I'll let you get to your last son, or your son. Uh, my son. <laughs> Alex came to us when we were missionaries in Poland, and our girls were gone. Jessica was in college, Rachel was in college, and then we had this boy to raise. <laughs> God brought him to us with a note to camp to say, would the missionaries that lived in Gdańsk, would they please observe this boy because we think they might want to adopt him. And we're like... What an interesting story. Oh my. But Alex is um, now in the Navy. He's doing well. Um, vowed bachelor, which is fine. <laughs> you know, and uh, so he's actually going to start a college class this March. So... Very good. Well, we had the privilege of meeting your family at Craig's home going. Just wonderful, rich people. We met Jessica, of course, in, in and out of the hospital when Craig was there. We would see her from time to time. Uh, so enjoyed your, your son-in-law. I know had a part in the service and just wonderful, wonderful people. And Alex, we've enjoyed getting to know him some. I had forgotten the part of the story where he came with the note. That is uh, that's yes. interesting. You know, just listening to you talk about how God brought him into your life, and then um, your, the, the several grandchildren, the adopted children, certainly you've instilled in, with God's grace that heart to help people in your children's lives. That's really struck me with your children interacting with them, interacting with the grandchildren at the meal, following the service, and just really enjoy getting to know them and meet them. I know that you travel up to Cleveland, or you were traveling up there occasionally. You still get up I there I still often. get up there. Not as much right now, but I I try to take if I get a long weekend. Yeah. I know during the beginning of the pandemic, you were able to go up there a little bit, it seemed like. I know you were in and out a little bit more. I wasn't yeah. able to keep track of you because I wouldn't see you here on Sundays. I could uh, work from home, and I could take my computer yeah. there. And I'm still working from home, but we have a lot of sometimes I have to go in. So. Okay. All right. Uh, where are you working now, by the way? I'm working for... Department of Health and Human Resources, and now in the Finance Department. <laughs> oh, very, very good. So, um, tell us where you live. I think you've just recently gotten, an, not a brand new place, but new for you. Right. Um, in October, we moved, I moved from uh, downtown, right next to Garnet, um, up to the top of Bridge Road, um, in an apartment there. It's two bedrooms, so that's nice. I have a office actually yeah. so that I don't have to have my table in the middle of the living room. <laughs> so. Well I know you said you're able to get up and walk around the bridge shops a little bit. Oh, right, so you really right. yeah. 
Now you were down by Capital Market, I know, for a period of time when I came to see you. Some I was, and people have, I didn't feel as that unsafe, but it is a... Tougher neighborhood. Yes, yeah. and so actually my family was a little concerned, me being alone, so. Well, very good. Well, I'm glad that the Lord has opened up a spot for you to live. We're going to come to kind of your interaction with Craig, and so I don't want people to think we're putting that off because I do want our folks to, particularly those who are new to our church, to get to know him through you. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your conversion and your early days of being a Christian. I was saved when I was 15 years old, but I grew up in a family that my parents received the Lord in their early 20s. They went to church, but that was about where our Christian faith ended. You know, it's like many families, where's your Bible on Sunday morning? And um, we did pray at mealtime. And I always believed in God. I always believed that Jesus died on the cross. I believed that he rose again. I, I believed the Bible was God's word. <clears throat> and I considered myself a good kid. I respected my parents. But I can still remember the Sunday, sitting in church, hearing the pastor ask a question. What makes you so different than Satan? And I was like, what? Obviously, I'm, I'm different than Satan. But he said, Satan believes in God. Satan believes in Jesus. He believes that Jesus is God's son. He believes he died on the cross. He believes he rose again. He believes all of that. He knows the Bible's God's word. So what makes you different? And he presented the gospel in such a way that I realized I was keeping all of my knowledge out here. I had all of that belief, but it wasn't in here in me. And it was then that I realized that I had to, I believed that it was for me and because of my sin. And that he died to, to take away the penalty of that sin. So I want to say that it would be nice to say, oh, I just started growing, but I didn't. You got to remember the family I grew up in and my church, we had moved from a tiny little one-room country church. When I was a sophomore, we moved to Pittsburgh to a larger church, <clears throat> but still not a church that discipled and my parents were babies. That time I was a baby. I was a sophomore in high school. But I just always, I wanted to be a math teacher. And one day, my assistant pastor came to me and said, Carlotta, I found the answer to your question you had for me. It's Philadelphia College of Bible. They major in Bible and in social work. And I went, what? <laughs> and this is leading into where I met Craig. And this is God. God totally knew I was going to go to either California State or Louisiana State up by, um, I don't know, not Louisiana, California State College and um, a community, it wasn't a community, anyway, up near Pittsburgh. Yes. He knew that I wasn't strong enough mm. to make it in that environment. <laughs> and I didn't know enough to say you should pray, I should pray about it. I just thought, that's really cool. It wasn't me that had asked him that question. <laughs> I don't know who asked him that question, but he told me the answer. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> And I just talked to my parents because I thought it sounded cool to study the Bible. And I'm a very, uh, social work meets a lot of who I am. And um, my parents said, well, 
is it accredited? And at that time, yes, it was an accredited, had an accredited social work degree. And um, because, you know, I might never get married and I'd have to support <laughs> myself, so it has to be an accredited. But God used that to direct me, to grow me, to protect me, and to meet Craig. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's very, very interesting. So, so when you came to Christ, you were living in the Pittsburgh area. Right. Oh, that's very interesting. I had forgotten that part. I'm sure we've shared that in the past, but I had forgotten that part. Well, I'm anxious to meet Craig now and uh, how the Lord brought you. God's providence is always so sweet and so special as you look back and see how God has moved and formed our path to bring us into the clearly the purpose of his will. So we're now in Philadelphia at the College of the Bible. You're studying, and uh, tell us about that young, handsome man that you meet there. Well, <coughs> we uh, work in the dishroom together. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good place for a romance. <laughs> and after throwing a, as he put it, after I threw a few grapefruit at him, <laughs> just silly college stuff that you do. Anyway, um, we began to date, and I saw in Craig something that I, I had never dated or anything, and yet, you know, I love my dad, but to say my dad was a godly man, it, it just, I, I couldn't say that. He was a good man, mm -hmm. and I believe he loved God, but, to, but I saw in Craig just something special. And he was um, so chivalrous. Oh my goodness! I never I put it this way on our on our anniversary on our um, honeymoon. We stopped at a consignment shop of some kind, and we were looking at stuff. And the guy goes, "Is that a new car?" The guy goes, <laughs> "Craig said no." He goes, "Then it's a new wife." He goes, "How do you know?" He goes, "Cause you got out and <laughs> opened her door for." Her. He did that till he could hardly walk. I mean, I can, uh, he I can imagine. just anyway. That was that was him, and something special that he did. That really, before we were engaged, gave me a ring, and that ring was a little star that had two tiny diamonds on each side, and he said. Those diamonds are us, and the star is God in the middle of our relationship, and that's the way I want it to stay. Amen. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful story. So, so. <clears throat> well, if if you were privileged to know Craig, uh, as many of you were who have been in our ministry for a number of years, uh, a quiet man, but he truly was a godly man. I appreciated him. He had good insight. Uh, he had had some challenges, and I'm sure we'll get to that health-wise that kind of limited and seemed the Craig that yeah. served on the mission field. Definitely. Uh, but still so evident, his, his love for the Lord. What a beautiful picture that is on the ring as well. I know that must have captured your heart. So, mm -hmm. um, Tell us about, you mentioned that you had served in Poland. When did you and Craig, I mean, what did God do in your life to call you there uh, to Poland? How did, how did those things happen in your life? I'd like to take a minute to tell that because just like he put that man into my life to say about a Bible college, to keep me and protect me and to lead me, because he knew, God knows, my, my, my heart and wanting to please him. But sometimes we get in the way. Um, we had for years, um, had our church had missions conference, and our hearts were always burdened for, for missions. And Craig had been a teacher um, in a Christian school. And sometimes you... Um, you can keep yourself in a, a mold by what you've always done. <laughs> and that must be who you are. And God used that in a way. 
a man came to us during the missions conference, and um, he told us of how Word of Life had a, they had a work in Kenya, Africa, and they had a school, a property that the government said they could keep the property and develop the property if they would make a school in the property. And he asked Craig if he would consider praying about that. And so we, start, we began to pray, and we really felt good about that. And so we went to Word of Life. We did all the, a lot of the missionary stuff that, that uh, Kristen and uh, Keith are doing right now. And, and um, we were, were on deputation for a, a couple years. And Word of Life called us up to New York. And they said that they were really sorry, but that position is no longer open. Oh my, and this is two years into deputation. <laughs> two years wow. into deputation. There's, there was a whole thing. Anyway, someone from Germany ended up filling that position. But they asked if, okay, do we still want to stay with the Word of Life, go to another field, and then and we began to realize that that man telling us about that teaching position was him drawing us and showing us what mission to go Amen. with and what. And so we began to pray, and we stayed with Word of Life, and um, there was an opening in Poland to work with they actually wanted in the beginning for us to, they, they felt, to begin the Olympian program, which is with school-aged children. So we finished deputation, and we ended in Poland. We get to Poland, and of course, there's learning the language. So we spent several, two years in language school, and um, Craig was director of an English language school in our church, our local church there. And then um, after uh, a few years, uh, we started, Craig started working with another missionary going all over Poland and working in the Bible clubs, teen clubs. What year so, would that have been when you started your ministry in Poland, just to give us kind of a, a in 97. 97, okay. So a few years ago. A few years ago, <laughs> but it was um, it was a, a really neat time. It was a time that um, we saw so many come to the Lord. Um, Robert, our son-in-law, came to the Lord there. Um, it it was a blessing. It was a, a stretch because the language came hard. Craig's dyslexic. Or what? Oh dyslexic. Um, he's not dyslexic anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and um, so sometimes the it was very difficult for him in reading or whatever. But um, Poland's a and Polish is a, a difficult language yeah, anyway. Do, but do you still good. remember much Polish, or do you speak it? When um, I know in the Cleveland area, there's a fairly large Polish community there, so. <laughs> Tak, ale moje po polsku niezbyt dobrze. Yeah, I uh, hope you said not, something nice. <laughs> it's not that good. Okay. <laughs> but um, I can't. I can understand, and I can make myself understood. Good. Which was the, which was hard for me in the beginning. The best thing that ever happened was us adopting Alex, because oh. he didn't know English, so I had to use <laughs> Polish, and I always wanted everything just. And that was it. Well, we began to relax mm. and just had to say and use the words we knew. And that's really how you do develop yeah. your language skills. Amen. Your time in Poland, uh, I know often missionaries are on the field for a period of time, come back uh, for what's called a furlough or stateside ministry or something. Um, were you able to do that? How many years did you actually spend in Poland? We came back for one furlough. And then when we went back, um, four years, 11, so um, 
in 2001, right? Yes. In 2001, we came on, a, uh, came on furlough. Then when we went back, <coughs> that's when Craig really was involved in discipleship. It, it's teaching. The main ministry in Poland was to these kids were getting saved at camp going back and there's no church to disciple or a church that was like, all these kids, what are we going to do with them, all yeah. these teens? And so working with the churches and leadership there to how to disciple mm. and, and everything. <clears throat> and as time went on, Craig got sick and we didn't know what was wrong. And so Word of Life thought it best that he come home and be looked at. Okay. Um, when, when hindsight, was that? that was in 2004. Okay. In hindsight, I think things were brewing. Mm. Um, I believe it was in 2001, around there, that we were in Florida and Craig had a mole removed from his back, and it was melanoma. We knew that it was skin cancer. Did I research very much? I'm glad I didn't. The doctor said, I'm very sorry. But we just went on. And so, so it, you know, the melanoma was brewing since then, sure. probably. But um, anyway, so in 2004, we did come home. What, uh, what took place when you came back? Were you involved in ministry here in the States with Word of Life? Or what? Uh, what actually, actually, we moved back to the Charleston area, and um, Craig became a pastor in Huntington. Oh, I do remember that. Okay. So, um, and then um, ended up in Gully Bridge. Okay. <laughs> that, the Gully Bridge is what I remember him talking about, so forgotten that little segment there. So you were involved in local church ministry in Huntington and Golly Bridge yes. for a number of years then, I assume. Yes, and then in um, 2015, it's, um, it was our Rachel and Robert had come back from Poland um, and God had laid on their heart to start a church in Parma, Ohio. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> it was beautiful how the Lord led them. And only to, to, the only thing we were thinking is that, you know, they could use help. We were, we were able bodies. They didn't know anybody. They had three little kids. Um, so we had prayed and we decided we were going to go and be the help to them, and so we moved and uh, were in Parma, Ohio for th two years okay. until Craig became more sick. Mm. So did you move back here to the Charleston area at that time? That was, um, yeah, it was... In 2016, Craig had a heart attack, but it was a rather small one, actually. The doctor said he could live a long time with the, in the condition, and he didn't want to do any stints or anything because of where it was. Um, but he became more unstable all the time. Um, and people, the doctors kept saying that it was Parkinson's. And, but there were just things about it that didn't ring Parkinson's, but well, you don't know. And so they, they were feeling that it was Parkinson's. But then he kept having episodes mm -hmm. um, where he would be confused, be hot, and it would go away after five, ten minutes. Um, I would bring those to the doctor and they'd say, well, we think it's probably the Parkinson's. But, um, ex excuse me, I will go back. We ended up back in Charleston because in um, December of 2016, Craig fell in the parking lot 
being unstable as he was, he fell in some snow on the icy and broke his femur. He was totally incapacitated right across his hip transplant, right at, right at the point where the stem goes down into the bone and everything. So he was in a wheelchair. And at that time, my previous boss from DHHR here called and wanted to know if I would consider taking her old position, because she had been promoted, and move back. And that was God. Mm -hmm. I did not know that Craig would never work again. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that it would be a few months, maybe. Right. But God providing for us financially, so we moved back to Charleston. And that's when we met you. That's when we met. And it was, um, I was thinking, I don't know if Craig was still in a wheelchair. I he was. Think was. That's what I remember. Uh, the first time we met him, I was wheeled him in, and we were in this building, and we met. And that's why I say he, you know, he would come, get himself here for our prayer times, and wheel himself down into the welcome center where we would pray. And uh, he was in that for quite some time. I know he did get up where he could walk on his right. own. Yeah. He was in that wheelchair for a time. So. And then, then came the times when he had his episodes, mm -hmm. and then, um, then is when in um, late September, no, mid-September, he called me at work and asked me if I would please, please call the doctor. He needed to see him because he felt so bad. Mm -hmm. Craig didn't yeah. do that. And he was starting to be confused about how to use the Keurig. I knew something was wrong because all you have to do is push the button. <laughs> so bless his heart, you know, it was like, or the water filter, and he would just keep filling the water filter till it just overflowed. So I knew something was wrong. And um, so we went to the doctor. It was a Thursday. And um, they said, that they felt that it was probably the Parkinson's. <laughs> but they did a stat blood test just to make sure he wasn't still anemic. And we had to wait for it. And while we were waiting, God ordained he had an episode. And the doctor said, oh, I can't send you home like that. I need you to go downstairs and have a total workup. It took the first test, the MRI, and he had a brain full of tumors. Mm -hmm. So he was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was a mess. And he just said, honey, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. If God wants me to go home, it's okay. I think he had been healing so bad mm -hmm. that he knew that it wouldn't be long. Yeah. Because a month after that, he was gone. Yeah. Yeah, I remember interacting with him. There was never a sense of fear or dread. Ever. And Ever. I mean, he certainly was sad to leave his family, right. but I think he felt like God would take good care of you, which he has, and we rejoice in that. I, I don't want to bring up topics that would be difficult for you to speak to, so you simply avoid anything you want to, okay. Carlotta. We talked a little bit about this before, so I want to honor that. Um, if you wouldn't mind what God would give you the grace to share, just some of the things that God has taught you in uh, your singleness again as being a widow, your family was such a wonderful testimony. I remember just sitting back and, you know, seeing the evidences of God's grace in all of your lives during that period of time. And then uh, Craig's home going and just how they've cared for you and how uh, even in very difficult times, God has just kept you moving and you can see that grace. And so I certainly rejoice and give God the praise and honor for that. 
but share some of the things that, that God has taught you that maybe would help prepare someone or someone who is walking through the same stage in life that you are, maybe something that would be of help in them and their walk with the Lord. I've thought about this <laughs> since you gave me the questions. And um, he's taught me to depend totally on him. It's like I don't know. I, my decisions, I never sometimes I feel like I never thought because I always talk to Craig about everything. And um, I mean, there wasn't a decision made. There's it, it, We always made it together. We always talked everything out. And I have to say, the coolest thing is, it, it's sad, but it's, it's cool. My relationship with the Lord has grown so much because guess what? I talk to him about everything. Amen. I talk to him about, oh, I don't want to get up. I talk to him about how I'm feeling and, and thanking him. I mean, for everything. I don't grab Craig's arm to keep me from falling on the ice this morning. I just said thank you, Lord, that I didn't land on my bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and ask him to help. He, I don't know, I just wish I could felt more this way and done more this. Without well, losing grip. <laughs> yeah, well, the Lord certainly directs our paths and leads us, and God gives a woman that security in her husband, which doesn't mean that's not in the Lord, right, of course, right. but um, what, a, what a precious, precious testimony. When you, when you interact with the Lord, um, you know, is God feeding your soul through the Word, or, you know, how do you keep your perspective right? How do you keep your own heart encouraged? I, um, <clears throat> I have um, taken to um, listening to the Bible out loud. So I have an app, um, Bible Is, and I listen to it all the time. If I'm cooking or whatever, um, that keeps me focused. I play Christian music. Um, I was playing, it's, it's funny, I was playing Christian music all the time. And then it's just like, that was good. But I find myself turning the app on, and it's, that's what's feeding me. It's, is the word. And we talked about this, the ladies, <laughs> in, our, in our ladies group, I've joined, I'm trying to keep in a Bible study when we have the ladies' Bible study because it makes me sit down. I am too much of a Martha. <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy, busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to be busy and do, and but the Bible study makes me more disciplined to sit down, Amen. and um, it's, that's, that's encouraged. Mm, what a great idea. I think that's the app that Pastor Jason encouraged us with at the beginning of the year. He put that in some yes, literature, yeah. I know. And, uh, so that's a great thing just to listen to the scriptures, to keep your your mind and your heart tuned to that, particularly if you're maybe, like you say, busy. You can be doing something with your hands and still be listening to God's word. That's a, a tremendous, tremendous thing there. Uh, what would you say has been just the, some of the great challenges that you faced after Craig's uh, passing, uh, loneliness, uh, just, you know, you mentioned you talked to him, and God has filled that void in your heart with that relationship that he's allowed you to have with him. Are, 
are there been, have there been any major challenges? Uh, making decisions. Mm -hmm. I, I just sometimes just don't want to. Um, and um, letting people do something for you. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's the native Benazzo has been really sweet with this. And, um, she had offered her parents, her dad, to come and look at some furniture of mine to, to shore up some legs of a chair and stuff. Only I never did reach out. Mm -hmm. And finally she said, Carlotta, do you want to? And I said, I just hate to ask anybody to do something for me. And she goes, okay, I'll take care of it. <laughs> but, and that's hard. Um, but I, I love this series that we're going through. <laughs> I'm really glad that you did the um, membership. Yeah, the membership class out loud for everybody. <laughs> um, because that is, I mean, that is part of the body, but that also is serving is but being able to be served Amen. is also a part. And um, sometimes that's hard. Yeah, it it um, is. I can understand. You know, everybody by their personalities and how God molds them have different challenges, but I'm sure there are many that have faced the challenges that you have, particularly that you have a strong relationship with your husband who's helped make decisions and now having to lean elsewhere. You have good children that love okay. you that stay in tune with your life, but not always with the same insight that your husband would have. And so I'm glad that the Lord has put people in your life. We're thrilled that you're here at Randolph Street. Our people love you. We thank the Lord for you. We thank the Lord for the privilege of knowing Craig and walking with you through these days. So I'm glad that you know, that's how the body works. That's a beautiful picture of that. appreciate that very much, you sharing that. I know that's some of those things are deep in your heart. I, if I have a second? Sure. Um, I'd like to just thank the church for a lot. We had come to Randolph in the spring of 17, and so we were only here a year and a half. But after Craig was diagnosed and it looked very apparent that it was, it was not going to be a long time, the church gave us a gift. And that gift was so special because it's become known in the family as the provocation. <laughs> <laughs> My husband loved the beach, loved, he grew up going every summer as a child to the beach. His grandfather owned a house, one house from the beach itself. And um, it allowed us to be able to go. Um, Jess and Andy couldn't go because the kids were in school, but Robert and Rachel homeschooled their kids at the time, and they just said, we're going to go. They took me and arranged for my son to come from California, and we went on a provocation. <laughs> it was such a sweet time. And, um, it, and his brother, that is a year and a half younger, came um, from Tennessee to be with him. And they were always really close. So um, that was, that meant I, I could not have done anything more for that. And I thank you so much. Yeah, thank the Lord. And um, then, after everything, I hadn't been coming back and didn't know if I could come back. And I got a call from Cabo one. And Cabo said, Carlotta, I miss you. And I didn't know her that well. But she said, I think it's time to come back. <laughs> and we 
to do that Amen. for each other. Amen. And I don't think it was necessarily easy for her to do, but it was what I needed. Amen. Well, I remember the two of you were teaching class when we uh -huh. used to have training hour class. The two of you worked uh, in a class upstairs together, teaching together. And, oh, that developed, uh, though, after Craig passed. So <laughs> it was just like, I, that was the beginning, I think, of a that relationship. Mm -hmm. And we talked today about acknowledging the different people and the stages of life, the weak, the, the faint-hearted, and so on, and to be able to reach out like that and help people where they are and encourage mm -hmm. them. What, what a sweet gesture. I'm sure the Lord put that on Kay's heart to be able to do that. But like we talked about today, it's not always easy to engage. Sometimes it can get a little bit messy and difficult, and, and yet God gives us that privilege to minister to one another. What a beautiful testimony of what we talked about this morning and last week. So this came at the perfect time this evening, our time uh, speaking about this. Well, how can we best pray for you um, if there are special needs? You, you mentioned that uh, Robert right now, they've kind of set the church planting aside. I know sometimes that can be discouraging, and yet in God's providence, you know, he has borne great fruit there through Robert and daughter and their family so how, how can we pray for you if there are things with your family how can we pray for them <clears throat> I'm not worried about my future but I don't want to quit mm -hmm. and I do have us to plan. I have a plan to be able to work so many more years. But I want to serve him after that. And I wish you would pray that he would show me what to do. I know that I need to work for right now, but I, and I have a plan and I have a savings plan and blah, blah, blah. But I um, I want to I want to do something for him. I just don't
we want to thank you first and foremost for your grace in our lives and saving us, calling us unto yourself. Father, thank you as we look back at your direction in life and the many gifts that you've given to us. We thank you for Carlotta. Lord, just the kind providence of sending her to that school where she would meet Craig. And Lord, that the two of them would walk together to serve together, to raise a family together for your honor and for your glory. We thank you for Craig, his life, the impact he has had on countless number of people his family abroad in Poland. Lord, just his strong faith in you. And so, Father, we thank you for that privilege. Lord, I would pray for Carlotta that you would continue to use her day in and day out as you have. We thank you for the ministry that she's had here at Randolph Street. Thank you for the church family. So many have reached out to be of help to her. And so, Lord, I pray that that relationship would continue and it would honor you and please you. Lord, I pray for her as she thinks about her future. Sometimes those things can be very difficult. And so, Lord, I pray you would give her peace for today, give her understanding and insight as to how maybe to prepare today for what is to come and the few years ahead. Lord, I know that those who are desirous to be used of you will be used by your hand for your glory, and we know that that will take place in our sister's life. Lord, we pray for Robert, that you would continue to direct and lead in his life. Thank you for his children, for these children who will be adopted into their family soon. For Jessica and her family, Lord, we pray that you might continue to minister there. Father, thank you for Alex, just each of their children and grandchildren, Lord. I pray your hand a blessing upon them. Lord, thank you so, so very much for this time this evening. Use it for your honor, for your glory, in Christ's name.